Yeah. Blocks out. Gonna knock off your socks out. Better Take. than bagels and locks out. You see, after this. Also, won't give you that trout, so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First, we mash up two childhood classics in Toshambo. Next up, we take tricks in a storybook land, but take care not to get too greedy in Fox in the Forest. And lastly, we dust off a game find from the Roaring Twenties to get our pegs in a row in Bloxo. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. I'm Evan Bernstein. This is episode 51, not area 51. Hi, I'm Ed Poblitis, and official reports indicate weather balloons were operating in the area where strange lights were seen. I'm Joe Humphrey, and I feel so alienated. Hi, I'm Mike Grenier, and perhaps we've never been visited by aliens because they've looked upon Earth and decided there's no sign of intelligent life. Our first game up this week is Toe Shambo, designed by Frank Alberts, published by Zafty Games in 2018, number of players 2, ages 8 and up, runtime 5 minutes. Okay, when we shined a light on this find, what were our first impressions? Mike? There's no way you can combine these two boring games and make them better, is there? Evan? Two of the world's simplest games collide. I'm a little more than curious. Ed? Just to be clear, we're not talking about Cartman's version of Rochambeau. Joe? Are you a fan of tic-tac-toe? Not so much? How about rock, paper, scissors? What if I told you there's a way to combine these games that eliminates the endless ties? I know. I mean, if this game can breathe new life into the perennial end-in-a-tie game of tic-tac-toe, then I am down to discover that. But before we put an X in the center box, Evan, tell us how it's played. Toshambeau is tic-tac-toe plus Rochambeau, rock, paper, scissors, which is basically all you need to know to play. You're playing tic-tac-toe with cards, but instead of X's and O's, your cards have rock, paper, and scissor icons. The object is to get three of your color cards in a row with the same symbol, but you can cover each other's cards by playing the card that beats it on top. You have a hand of three cards from your deck, which also has two special cards, an undo, which removes the last card played, and a bomb, which beats everything and removes all cards under it from the game. And that's it. Boom. <laughs> so, tic-tac-toe with rock, paper, scissors, a multi-level style of tic-tac-toe. What did you guys think? The game seemed more interesting than the pitch would indicate. Oh, yeah. I was totally surprised at how many more decisions you had to make than either one of these games. It's definitely more than the sum of its parts. I certainly had uh, a little bit of brain fry figuring out how to stack these cards. So it definitely makes you think, especially because you sort of have to unlearn both tic-tac-toe and rock, paper, scissors <laughs> and relearn them together. It just pr shows how hardwired these games are in your head. And I think a really tricky thing, it was a little easy, I found, to set your opponents up sometimes by putting the wrong card in a spot. What do you mean by wrong? Well, I mean, if it's like, ha, huh, I put my paper there. Oh, no, the scissors is exactly what he needed in order to, because uh, I thought it was like a blocker with a paper, but the, you, know, you put the scissors on top and get the three of a kind. 
Yeah, you have to pay attention to two different things at once when you're playing your card. That sounds simple, but boy, oh boy, it is not simple. And it is because you think about playing tic-tac-toe in such an ingrained way that this is asking you to really rediscover something that is that has been bronzed in your brain since childhood. It's something that we and everyone we know have been doing or watching all our lives. And I think part of the reason why it's so hard to come up with your strategy off the top is because you fully underestimate the game (laughs) because you know how simple the other two (laughs) games it's made out of are. (laughs) Now, tic-tac-toe was called knots and crosses for a long time, and it was brought to ancient Rome by aliens uh, under the name <laughs> Terni Lapilli. Um, oh. And rock, scissors, paper started in China, and they both showed up on Earth about the same time, somewhere between the first century BC and the first century AD. All to culminate into this work of art. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> it's a long term plan. Makes you think, doesn't it? Thank you for that historical fact, Jeff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, you're welcome. Oh, and speaking of the art, I think the uh, the iconography they used in the cards were really good. There was a rock there with big beefy arms. They had uh, you know, the paper had a smiley face. It's just the icons with themselves were kind of cute. Well, I thought the rock had stick figure arms. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> but, yeah. but you can see it had a little muscle there, too. <laughs> <laughs> a little muscle bump there. Uh, yeah, I thought the icons were really cute. You know, they had a little, like, mischievous face on, like, ah, I'm going to crush the other guy, you know. And uh, n- although they didn't have a background, you really got to focus on their cute little faces. My brain was so confused by the gameplay that I did not even notice the icons at all like i was so i was struggling to place my cards i was definitely fighting some internal engine that existed for this game and if you try to explain to somebody you had a hard time with a game that's combined with these two games they would just laugh at you it stuck in our our brainstem like a calcified subroutine (laughs) that's exactly it it's almost part of a gross motor skill maybe this game gives you a taste of what it's like to try to learn a foreign language as an adult yeah maybe it's not as hard to do but definitely has the same kind of feel to it (laughs) yeah a little taste i said a little taste (laughs) (laughs) well i think another uh different factor is that there's randomness in this game You you have only three cards of your deck at a time so your options are limited well, three choices, Ed, you say it's not a lot of choices, but to be honest, it's more choices than you get in tic-tac-toe. Oh, yes. I mean, in a sense that you can now overlay spaces that you weren't able to do before, but all your options are not always available to you, is what I mean. While in tic-tac-toe, you are, there are no options that are limited by a randomness of a deck. No, only by the spaces that were already taken up. And putting symbols on top of symbols that your opponent just put somewhere is... That's a huge change. And those stacks stay intact. So that if you hit with an undo card, the card that was underneath the last one played is revealed again. So it kind of changes the board state that way too. That's right. There's not just a length and, and width dimension to the game. There's a height dimension to the game. It is really a three-dimensional game. And sometimes you just need to throw a bomb in there to slow things down. Like all good games. Yeah, that definitely helps the people who like to troll other people to have fun with this game too. Ooh, there's a bomb and an undo? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Toshambeau. Joe? I'll dig this up. It strikes me as something kids would like to play with adults. Evan? 
I give it an A for cleverness for combining these two simple games. However, after playing it once, my brain already ran a bunch of playthroughs and it got bored. So it's not <laughs> a bad game, but is it worth the gaming calories? Mm, I'm going to bury it. Mike? Well, because I was very pleasantly surprised by how deep the choices were in this game, I totally underestimated it. And for that reason, I'm going to dig it up. Ed? This game is better than I thought it would be from my first impression. The combinations offer more fun and more interesting choices beyond what either game on its own can offer. I think this was great for kids, but as Evan said, it's not quite enough there for me personally, so I'm going to bury it for my collection. I wonder how many playthroughs I would have to do before this game stops being a brain burner for me. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to find out, and I know for my kids it would be as simple as pie to play, so dig it up. Ed, where can you find it? You can find this game online in at Hobby Stores. The MSRP is about 10 bucks. If you have thoughts about Toshambo, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up this week is Fox in the Forest. Designed by Joshua Burgle, published by Foxtrot Games in 2017. Number of players, two, ages 10 and up. Runtime, 30 minutes. Okay, when we brushed away the sands from this game, what were our first thoughts? Evan? Is the fox nimble, amber in color, and have a penchant for jumping over unmotivated canines? Ed? Well, that fox better not be in the hen house. Joe? A light trick-taking game with only three suits? That sounds good. Mike? I can't wait to see what tricks this fox has up his sleeve. The mystical once-upon-a-time look of this card game made me want to dig out my old Enya CDs for background music. But before we align our suits and decide on Trump, Evan, tell us how it's played. Folks, she used to play Enya CDs when we played (laughs) Bridge and other games. This is the truth. She is not exaggerating. She did did this, and she probably still does it. Okay. It's true. (laughs) All right. The Fox in the Forest is a trick-taking game for two players. Utilize the special abilities on the fairy tale characters to take actions like changing the Trump suit or gaining the lead after losing a trick. Score points by winning more tricks than your opponent, but don't get greedy. Win too many tricks, and you will fall like the villain in so many fairy tales. So as you can hear already, we definitely were taken by the art in this game. It is very pretty art. I think it goes a long way to setting the mood. I agree. I think the the art has a very nice fairy tale theme to it. Even though it's obviously the dead of winter in all the pictures, it looks so friendly. I expect teams of bluebirds to fly in and gently drape furs over everybody's shoulders. It's a peaceful overlay, but there is definitely a sinister vibe in this forest. I mean, the huntsman looks spooky. The king looks spooky. Even the swan looks a little dangerous. (laughs) Swans are dangerous. (laughs) They're descendants of raptors. They're dangerous. Swans are dangerous. One thing that was really interesting about this game is that I've played a lot of games like Bridge where it's a trick-taking game, but lowering it to three suits really changes the dynamic of what's happening each turn. It does. It does because Trump is never very far away, right? The Trump suit you want is much closer than it would be in Bridge, and I think it makes play faster. And there's not as many cards in each suit. It only goes from 1 to 11. It goes to 11. What I liked most about it was that you have to watch the number of tricks you take. I found myself trying to 
lose a certain number of tricks sometimes. But isn't your instinct, though, your brain is programmed to take tricks, want tricks, more tricks, right? And you have to fight that urge, don't it you? It is. I actually lost one of the games because I managed to win too many tricks. I found myself changing strategy midstream, which is not something you can do in a game like Hearts. In this game, if you get zero to three tricks, you get six points. That's significant. Then four, five, or six tricks gets you a middle amount of points. Seven to nine also gets you six points. But if you go above nine, then you're going to get zero points. That is a head game for a bridge player because a bridge player is always trying for maximal tricks. Ooh, this is bad. <laughs> Mama going to lose. Did I get my seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes! <laughs> nice. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what you have. <laughs> I have this. I got to not win both of these. I love the special abilities on these cards. I absolutely love them. It was kind of like playing a fantasy version of Bridge. And it's only two player, which is very different. Yes, it's a dual game, not a, not a partner game. But that whole concept of getting a trump and matching it to take tricks, that whole piece of it with that fantasy element overlaid was a lot of fun for me. And it was easy to understand each card, which I really appreciated. Now, one of the major differences from Hearts and this game is that the entire deck is not dealt out. So you don't know exactly what's left. So you don't know exactly what your opponent's doing. But if you do keep track, you can still get a leg up. And another part of the complexity is not the abilities themselves, but how to use them. Because knowing when and why to change to Trump is kind of tricky. Yes, that's absolutely true. Like, I found myself changing the Trump uh, and messing myself up for it. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, hang on. I don't necessarily want the Trump to match my suits because I don't want that many tricks. Right. Right. You want to get enough tricks. It's really tricky, though. Once you start to have your hand to be all high cards in it at the end, you're like, man, now how am I going to lose the lead so I don't win uh. all the rest of the tricks? <laughs> and there's a couple of cards that do help you to lose the lead, but you should save them for later. The tricks are mm. tricky. <laughs> That's why they call them tricks. I don't know if there's anything that makes us play oh, more than one. Come on! Dang it! Greg, I'm done! Is it gonna fly? That's your favorite question. You cannot look back! <laughs> Cheater! It was the last one Cheater! Play. Only the last one no. play! It says specifically the <laughs> A really hard trick to lose is actually the nine, since it always matches the trump. Uh huh. Another cool card was the 11, because it forced the other player to follow suit and play their highest card in that suit. And with 11 being the highest card in each suit, it makes them automatically lose the round unless they don't have any cards in that suit, and then they have to trump and they can win. I love the Fox in the Forest French box cover. Les Renards des Bois. <laughs> it, 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 it makes me think where I'm not only looking into the forest, but I'm looking into the forest through a window, you know, with a roaring fire and stuff and my feet up. <laughs> You're kicked back on the couch watching this, these swans and foxes fight each other outside. <laughs> yeah, watching swans and foxes and woodcutters and, like, you know, scary dark figures all do their thing out in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Just really fun fantasy art. And if you're a collector of games that have pretty decks of cards, you will not want to miss this one. Okay, explorers, let's come in from the cold and dig up or bury Fox in the Forest. Joe? With only three suits that can make the games play faster, I made the most of this, and I suggest you do too. Dig it up. Evan? Well, everyone's description of the gameplay was 
Very intriguing. But I cannot rightfully cast a vote for an activity I have yet to partake in. Ed? It's a delightful trick-taking game for two players, so I'll dig it up. Mike? It puts a great twist on a classic like Hearts and adds an awesome-looking fantasy element, too, so I say dig it up. Very lovely, very charming, trick-taking card game, so I'm already biased toward it. Dig it up. Mike, where can you find it? Well, I found it at Alamo Draft House, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it is widely available online, too, and at at your friendly local gaming store. And the MSRP is 15 bucks a steal. If you have thoughts about Fox in the Forest, we would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our last game up this week is Bloxo, produced by Lubbers and Bell Manufacturing Company in 1923. (laughs) Are they still around? Heck no. Wait till you hear about the history of Lubbers and Bell. I can't wait. (laughs) Number of players, two. Okay, when we pried the cover off of this sarcophagus, what were our first thoughts? Mike? Oh my God. Is this like the most ancient homemade looking game i've ever seen it doesn't look homemade does it it looks like there's chopped off toothpicks in it (laughs) evan how about you this game was sold in 1923 so i hope all of our nonagenarian listeners will let us know their thoughts (laughs) ed get your pegs in a row how hard can that be joe this game looks a lot like nine men's morris i wonder what these new pins are for A game that was put out by the company with the most of its time name I have ever heard. Lubbers and Bell in 1923. (laughs) (laughs) It's the kind of company that made like 50,000 different things. And this was one of them. Well, you'll notice in the game, it doesn't say like Lubbers and Bell Game Company. It's Lubbers and Bell Manufacturing Manufacturing Consortium. (laughs) The Minnesota Mining and Marketing Company. Way to suck the fun right out of it. (laughs) But before we fall down that rabbit hole, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Bloxo, each player in turn moves one of their pegs around the board, one space at a time. The square-shaped board consists of horizontal and vertical lines. The object is to line up three of your pegs in a single row. If you are able to do so, you can remove one of your opponent's pegs from the board. The player who removes five of their opponent's seven pegs is the winner. That's it. (laughs) That is it. It sounds so easy, but let me tell you, (laughs) it was not. I was sitting there for quite a while uh, trying to figure out what to do, but it is a lot about the setup. Oh, yeah. I learned that the hard way when I played against Ed. I I misinterpreted how you would move your pieces around the board, so I set it up exactly the opposite way <laughs> that you should, I should and I did not take a single piece from Ed. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Celeste and I had a good back and forth in our game. Yeah, I yeah, was leading yeah. at one point. She took the lead and ultimately won. It was close right down to the last peg. Yeah. It does show signs of the classic horse race, though, and you can tell because, you know, Celeste did win and she did go first. And it seems like you're always playing catch up if you go second in a game like this. I felt like sometimes I was on the defensive, but that doesn't negate that there may be a first player advantage here. I I can see what you mean. But our blunders were made on both sides, so there's a way to catch up from that way. Sure, you have to rely on your opponent making a blunder to catch up. That's what that's classic of a horse race type game. 
Okay, so let's talk about Lubbers and Bell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J. Albert Lubbers formed a partnership with C.L. Bell, and they purchased the business of the Claire Munson Company and organized the Lubbers and Bell Manufacturing Company in August 1912. <laughs> J. Lubbers and C.L. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this sounds like they used to be sailors or something. Here, here's a fly swatter they designed. I kid you not. They manufactured fly swatters, according to this. Lubbers and Bell, fly swatters and game design. <laughs> God, I feel like we should be firing up the phonograph, cranking yeah, up right. the phonograph. Before Bloxo, they had apparently made an extremely popular game called Puzzle Peg. So popular that they decided to advertise on Bloxo's cover a fascinating game for all ages made by the makers of Puzzle Peg. Yeah, so they made Puzzle Peg, then they made this game, and then they made Solitaire, and that was it. In and out of the game business. Solitaire? A Solitaire Peg game. Oh, okay. I was like, they invented solitaire? <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> a business uh, initiative on their part. I, th- I think some local person who liked to play Nine Men's Morris or something got tired of, of the old game and wanted just some new pins made. Yeah. <laughs> oh, new pins, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they look like toothpicks that were chopped off at the end. Yeah. The little pins were, yeah. They- the pegs were cool. They were made of wood. The game board itself is a pressed cardboard, which is about a half an inch thick. Mm-hmm. And the rules are on the back, not of the box. They're under the cover. They're in the cover of the Inside box. Inside cover. But also on the back of the game board in case you lose the box. Which would be really hard to check the rules while you're playing. You have to flip the board over with all the pegs in it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not the best location for the rules, probably. Well, whenever you're behind, just check the rules. <laughs> there you I, go. I think that Lubbers and Bell Manufacturing had a lot of leftover cardboard and wood and dye. Yeah. And were wondering what to do. Yeah, they were done shipping their fly swatters and had all those extra boxes. It's it's not a tantrum if you're checking the rules. Yeah, that's right. It's not that's the original table a, flip. A, a table flip, right? <laughs> Lovers and Bells, original table flip game, Bloxo. Bloxo. <laughs> it is based on the uh, the Nine Men Morris game, which had nine pieces, while the Bloxo had seven pieces. But the other edition is the... Uh, the blocking pin that Joe alluded to. Nine Men's Morris is too complicated. Let's reduce the amount of pegs. They really streamlined Nine Men's Morris to Seven Men's Morris. That's right. <laughs> but you can't reuse a line. Every time you use a line to get rid of a guy, you have to go use a different line. Yes, that. hence the blocking pins. So the pins, once you took over a line, you had to put your color pin in to block themselves from using the row again. And it did make moving around the board a necessity, which made the game certainly more complicated than Nine Men's Morris would be, where you could pretty much just move one peg over and over again to keep getting a score. And it is an interesting accomplishment that becomes more significant when you realize these people seem to have not been game designers or had even much interest in designing games. Yeah, and for its time, I guess it plays pretty well. A lot of more modern games try to get away from having a first player have so much of an advantage. But back then, it fit right in with the rest of the games of its time. Yeah, I I am sure that people recognized the advantage of first player back then. And they probably mitigated it by just playing multiple games where sometimes you went first and sometimes you went second. 
Oh yeah, especially back then when they spent the whole night playing games. Of course, they have time to play multiple games of this. How much? Uh, I mean, how much was made out of pressed cardboard at that time? Probably a lot. I couldn't say for sure. I mean, do you think? I wonder if it was a common enough, you know, manufacturing material that you sort of always had extra bits of pressed cardboard <laughs> lying around. <laughs> I mean, they made boards. All the boards are made out of that kind of stuff for right. the most part, and the boxes are kind of made out of that milled cardboard slurry thing. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> uh-huh. only semi-toxic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like there were rules for those sorts of things back in the yeah. day although even though they were probably made out of straight up toxic waste um, <laughs> the the game as old as it was smelled fresh and new when we took it Heaven, out of the box the version you got is such great condition I swear they yeah. must have kept it in a hermetically sealed vault or something because there was there was this you know that old game smell you get a game from the 60s that smells like your grandmother's you know sofa I think it was made with just regular old pulp wood. You might be right, just pulp wood. And it is in fabulous condition, and it absolutely must have been kept in something airtight. An antique shop who knew how to preserve things. <laughs> and this is what they chose to preserve. <laughs> That's right. Bloxo. Yep. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to get out our shovels and dig up or bury Bloxo. Ed? There is some interesting strategy here, and if you're looking for an antique game, it may be worth digging up, but I don't think it will hold my interest for very long, so I'm going to leave it in the ground for others to find. Joe? I think I'd bury this one. At this point in time, it seems more like an interesting curiosity. Evan? Relatively simple game, decent amount of strategy. I can't say it's long on replayability, but the novelty of antiquity has me charmed into digging this relic up. Mike? I could play tic-tac-toe elsewhere, I think, so I'm going to bury it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun playing this ancient game, Uh, but I think it was simply the novelty of the uh, experience. Gameplay itself, not that much fun, so I'm going to say bury it. Evan, where can you find it? If you want the 1923 version that we played, you might be able to find a used copy online, as I did. I was fortunate to find this one in excellent condition, and it cost me under $15. If you have thoughts about Bloxo, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We are at Which Came First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes for just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter Today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating or a review on any podcaster. It really helps us grow. Join our chat on our Discord server, Which Game First, and our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive channels. Follow us on your favorite social media. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Happy gaming, explorers! Mmm, Bloxo tastes great on a bagel. <laughs> Bloxo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>